Well, hello, Saturday Night Supper Club. Hello. Holler. How's everybody? Just went a little too ghetto too fast. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, good to be with you guys. And I, you guys have a game night. I love uh, games. That's Games are awesome. And we're going to play a game starting off. I know you didn't expect that coming from me, but we're going we're gonna to play a game right off the bat. So um, one of the things that we love doing um, anytime I have parties and host is like introductory games to let people get to know each other, right? Isn't that like fun? Icebreakers. Thank you, Joanna. Yes, icebreakers. So we're going to do that right now. And um, preferably if you are with your spouse, looking at the back row, Gail and Gordon, find somebody other than your spouse. And here's why, okay? You're, we're going to play this game called Two lies and one truth. Anybody ever play this game before? All right. So you're going to find somebody preferably that you don't know, maybe you don't know that well, and you're going to tell them three things. But two of those three things are going to be a lie. One is going to be a, a truth about you, okay? So I'm going to give you like 30 seconds to think about this. Uh, it can be about who you are. It could be about where you live. It could be about your vocation. It could be about when you were 14 years old, you cut off your left pinky toe. It could be anything, but two have to be false, and one has to be what? True. Very good. You guys are all tracking. Very good. Okay. Uh, are we starting to think about what our things are going to, to be? Okay. And you're going to exchange. So somebody's going to go first. They're going to say two lies and then one truth. Then that person gets to guess what are the two lies and what's the truth. Then the other person gets to go. And they get to say their two lies and their truth. And then you got to guess what are the lies and what are the truth. All right? All right. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Find somebody. Lie. You get to lie in church today. We get to lie.
All right, we're going to come back together in 30 seconds. If you are still, still lying, go ahead and lie for 25 more seconds. Okay. Fifteen more seconds, basically for this group right here, in case anybody's wondering why we're waiting. All right, so if you guys just got done, uh, how many of you guys guessed correctly? If you guessed, how many of you guessed your your partners correctly? Okay, yep, Gail definitely nailed me. I was wrong with her. Um, yeah, and if you guys have ever played this game, you know that in order to be effective with this game, you gotta your lie has got to be close to the what? To the truth. Your lie can't be outlandish. It can't be super far away because otherwise it's super unbelievable. And your your truth has to almost seem like a lie. Like so, for me, my truth was I was a beekeeper at age thirteen. So I don't know if you guys know a lot about black people, but we don't like danger, and we don't like things that hurt us. So as a brother, to be a beekeeper at age 13 is a little outlandish, but it's actually my reality. And I wonder tonight if the truth that God is speaking over who you are seems a little outlandish. And I wonder if the lie that the enemy is whispering over your life actually seems a little bit closer to truth. He's just altered it a couple of degrees. So because if, if you're anything like me in, in my life, the enemy is, is really good at getting right, uh, right by God's truth. And, in, and almost like how he's repeating Genesis chapter 3 and saying, did God really say? Because what he'll do is he's like, yeah, God did really say you're a great provider, Torrance. And that makes you a great husband. And you don't have to worry about communicating to your wife because you're a really great provider. Meanwhile, my wife is over there suffering because I'm not connecting on a heart level to her, but I'm, I'm bringing home the bacon. Somewhat truth, but he twists it with a lie. So I wonder tonight if any of you guys are like me. He'll make a slight adjustment to God's truth. God's truth may seem outlandish to you. Somebody in here tonight may have received a word of like you have an Esther anointing to stand before kings, to stand as a righteous woman representing a nation. But you're like, I can't even represent myself as an office manager in my company. How in the world, Lord Jesus, are you going to allow this word to come true? The enemy wants to get right in there and say, see, that's not true. See? There's somebody that I, I had the privilege of their, their little boy coming, being at one of my schools. And she, she grew up in the Army, and she, she um, <clears throat> was an Army brat, if you will, and then, of course, went into the Army and divorced and, and felt like God would never, ever use her. She felt like, man, I, I, my, my life has, has gone, has passed me by. The lies of I'm worthless. I don't mean anything. I just got to take care of my son. I'm never going to have an impact. And just two weeks ago, I ran into her at Bolero, of all places, and what are you doing now? She's like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually a nurse at, at a prison. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I was a nurse in the Army. Now I'm a nurse in a prison. 
God used my years of me being in the army because now I'm not afraid of these six, eight huge guys. And I can stand before them. Not only am I treating them physically, but I'm treating them emotionally and I'm treating them spiritually. And on all the preparation. But she had to get to embracing God's truth about who she was because God had spoken to her a long time ago that you're actually going to bring healing to people, not just physically, not just emotionally, but spiritually. But she, she, she had to reject the lie to embrace the truth. So we're going to talk about eight different things tonight. And all of them start with uh, R-E, R-E, okay? But before we get to that, we got to know there's one truth. Everybody say God's truth. God's truth. God's truth is the only truth. And in John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you, will set you free. Not will set you to further bondage, further captivity, but will set you free. In John chapter 14, 6, it says this, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the no one comes to the Father except through me. I, I, Jesus is saying, I am the truth. No one can get to the Father. We just got done singing about his presence, right? That was the last song. We can't come into the presence of the Father except through what the Son has done for us. Because the Son is the truth, we can come into the presence of the Father where we can embrace our truth. God's truth is the only truth that matters. It says in Psalms, guide me in your truth and teach me. You are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. So his truth is a guide. Without his truth, we're lost. Without his truth, I might as well be walking around the sanctuary blindfolded, but it's truth that opens up my eyes and says, oh, I'm about to hit this chair. I'm about to kick Joanna in the foot. It's his truth that illuminates our path. It's his truth. So there is an absolute truth. When we embrace his truth, then we can see the lies of the enemy. So number one, what is your re-re source? What is your resource? Where are you getting your truth from? We, we all, there's, everything has a source, right? So right now, if I wanted to plug in an electric guitar, I got to plug it into that outlet. That outlet provides power and source to the electric guitar. Water. We all know water is a source for our energy. There's a source, and God's truth is the source for our lives. God's truth is a source to guide and direct us. Godly sources. What's a godly source of truth? Somebody... Shout it out. What's a Bible? Ding, ding, ding. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Anybody remember that song? Right? Okay. All right. Just, I'm not the only baby Christian that grew up in the church. No. All right. Yes, God's truth is it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. Was that Sandy Patty? What? I'm bringing out all the old school stuff tonight. It's, it's a guide, right? So the word sermons, all the great preaching that you guys hear weekend after weekend after this church, this house, your podcasts, YouTubes, right? If you're in accountability groups, that's God's truth. God's truth comes from those various sources, getting in his presence, ungodly sources, words spoken over us. Some of us have mom, dads, relatives, uncles, aunts that have spoken ungodly things over us, and we've come into agreement with those lies. Beliefs about past situations, Anybody ever been hurting? Just me? Okay. Yeah. Past situations and things that have happened to us actually are ungodly sources if we allow them to be lies in our life about who we are and who God is. Situations. Lies can come from when we've been very small. Maybe, maybe some of us had a, a, a father that spoke lies um, over us. Um, my, my father, his absence... His, the, his, the absence of his voice allowed the enemy to come right in 
and say, see, you're not a real man unless you can play three sports, unless you're the best at basketball, unless you have X amount of girlfriends. It was the absence of the father's voice. And so I wonder from your past, what is informing the lies that we've come into agreement with? There's got to be this recognition. There's got to be a recognition of the lies. So what is your, what is your source? Our belief system, what we believe controls and directs our life. Think about that. What you believe about others, what you believe about yourself, and what you believe about God is going to direct your life. But it first starts with your thought process. It starts with a thought comes in. It could be a lie or truth. If we come into agreement with it, it's going to actually direct our life. And so based upon our beliefs, then we make decisions based upon that. So if, let's say like I feel like I'm an inferior employee at my job. God can say all day long verse, via Lana Vosser or whoever you listen to or whoever book podcasts or in his presence. Like, I'm creating, this is a season of promotion. Anybody ever heard that? This is a season of promotion. God's truth. But if I believe that I am inferior, if I partner with insecurity, if I partner with I don't have worth based upon something my father or mother said to me 25 years ago that every situation I've looked at through that filter, when there's a season of promotion for me to stand before my boss and say, no, no, here's why I'm perfect for that position and speak from a place of identity, I can't do it because I'm partnering with a lie versus truth. And, and you see how it starts as a thought, as a belief that leads to an action which will impede my destiny as a result. And so it's, it's interesting how we're all like, yes, I'm, I'm stepping into my destiny, but we got to go four steps back and say, what lies are we believing versus what truth are we embracing? Because that's, that's where it starts. It starts in a simple thing. That's why God talks so much about our thinking, our thoughts. What do we let come in? What do we take captive? It all goes to our destiny. So recognizing, this is the next RE, recognizing the lie in your life. I had a lie um, in, in my life that I had to provide for myself. And it, it primarily, it's very interesting how the enemy will use our, our earthly mothers and fathers to get us to embrace lies. Because as moms and dads, we are meant to be, all of us are meant to be image bearers of Christ, right? Amen? But to children, to my 14-year-old and my 11-year-old, which, by the way, I stink at it a lot, I am called to model the heart of the Father to them. Now, they're going to have times where they embrace it and they get it and, and they understand, but they, they need to keep looking to dad to be like, oh, God is like my dad. And going back to my father, and I love my dad, and God's done a lot of redemption around this part of my story. But my, my dad, there was a formative time in my, in my years, and especially when I was a teenager, where my dad, he lost his job and he wasn't able to provide. So... In his silence, he didn't meet me in that place. So I uh, learned as a young boy, I have to take care of me. Nobody else is going to take care of me. So orphan spirit, right? On the side of the road, the orphan's got to figure it out. He's got to do the right sign. He's got to ask the right people. He's got to do the right jazz hands. I got to figure it all out for myself. So that was a lie because the truth is God directs my steps. 
He is my shepherd. I shall not want because he's my father. But because of earthly circumstances and all of that, I embrace a, a lie. And so I wonder tonight, what lie are you called to recognize? If there's things in your life that sentences that are like, I will always fill in the blank. I will never fill in the blank. Usually always and never is attached to a lie in our life. Because our God is the God of redemption. Our God is the God of possibilities. Our God is the God <laughs> of turnarounds. And if you've got an always and a never somewhere in your vocabulary, there's probably a lie attached to it. So recognizing the lie. If you guys are anything like me, this world is constantly bombarding me with Instagram, Facebook. Da, da, da. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta. I rarely am like still. But the times in my life where I've practiced, like, you know what? I'm gonna sit on my patio. I'm gonna get out my journal. And I'm gonna reflect on my day and just say, Father, what do you want to say about today? All of a sudden, He'll bring up something. Like, you remember what you said to that person? What? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, let's think about this. Let's think about what was really underneath that comment. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. As Paula does it. Ugh. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden he's like, let's take a look at, let's take a look at this. And here's what I want to just leave you guys with tonight. If you, if you just hear one thing tonight. In the recognition of the lies that God wants to bring to the surface, there's so much condemnation and so much guilt that I deal with. It's like, ugh, I shouldn't be dealing with this. I shouldn't. And he's just like, no, I'm, I'm showing you this because I love you. Like, it's this, like, it's this love for him. Like, he's like, listen, I love you no matter what. This doesn't change nothing. But because I love you so much, like, let's just, can we just talk about this one little thing right here? You're like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus, for pointing out I have a booger in my nose. Don't you love it when somebody's like, hey, do you got, like, a booger hanging there? You're not like, I hate you. How dare you tell me I have a piece of lettuce in my teeth? Right? No, we're like, oh, dude, thanks for loving me enough to be the person. That's what my wife always tells me all the time. She's like, you didn't want to tell me this? I'm like, I didn't notice. But when I tell her, she's like, oh, thanks. That's the same way with the lies and the things that we've come into agreement with. He wants to bring us to this place of recognition, recognizing what are the lies. The second thing is take responsibility. Once we recognize them, okay, it, it doesn't do anything just to, oh, I recognize there's a lie. Thank you, Father, for pointing that out. No, now we need to take responsibility for what he shows us. Most times, if you guys are anything like me, I, I kind of want to sweep it under the rug <laughs> and pretend like nobody can see this and nobody understands. <laughs> no, he's saying, like, I'm, I'm bringing this out so that you can be responsible for it. Rec the word responsibility actually means um, to take, like, liability for it. Okay, so if you're, if you're in a car accident and you hit somebody, like, you're liable for that. So the responsibility piece is like, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm bringing this to the surface, not so you can dance around it or sweep it under the rug or pretend it's not there, because now, now, you're, now we're liable for, like, what I'm bringing up. And if you guys are anything like me, if you're chasing after the heart of the Father, <laughs> he loves to keep bringing that stuff up, right? So he's like, hey, let's just, can we just deal with this? And can I just tell you, like, my truth on the situation? But we're liable for it. So that second part is 
We are responsible for what he brings up. You know, it's, it's, um, have any of you guys ever played like tag with a little kid? Right? Okay. Yeah. And I've done it many a times. And, you know, as an adult, like there's that part where we're like, I know I can totally like capture you, child, because I'm an inferior, I'm a, I'm a superior male. And, but there's that point where you're like, ah, and you're like doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing this, right? The dance moves. But then there's that point where the kid just gives up. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm totally surrounded. I think there's some lies. There's some things that God wants to bring up in our lives over the next few weeks where he's like, hey, we got this one cornered. Like, we got this one cornered. You've taken responsibility. Now, what are, what are we going to do about it? And there's some of the lies, I believe, here tonight that we've kind of like, we've, we've cornered them, but because maybe of circumstances or situations in our life, we've, we've let them go. We've like, oh, you know what, you, you, can, you can go. But I think God is saying once and for all, by recognition and taking responsibility, he wants to refute some of those lies tonight. The second, the third R-E is repent. Um, you know, this, this word has a, sometimes a really bad rap in Christianity. We're like, oh, repent means I need to put on sackcloth and ashes and I'm just a horrible. No, it's like this renewing thing. Like it's exciting. It's Oh, I get to do a 180 and turn from where I, where I was going. And the repent part of, of, of agreement with lies is really important. So yes, recognition, yes, responsibility, but there needs to be this action of, Father, will you forgive me for not partnering with your truth, for not partnering with who you say I am, with not partnering with what your word decrees over my life. That's part of the recognition, that's part of the responsibility is the repentance part, the R-E of repentance. No matter what the, the lie is, we've all been a part of it. Sometimes it's a, a mental agreement. Sometimes that mental agreement goes from just not just a mental or a thought, but then actually goes into decisions or actions that we make. That's all part of the partnering. And it's like, Father, I recognize this, part, this pattern in my life, and I say, man, will you please forgive me? I repent from this, this pattern in my life. Sometimes that pattern even goes into how we mistreat others, and then lies they believe or agreements they make is because of lies we've agreed with and partnered with. Does that make sense? Um, one, of the, one of the prominent uh, lies that I believed um, in my marriage, and I've been married a long time. I know I look like I'm 22. You can all say amen. Hallelujah. Um, is I felt like if I were to share my truth with my wife, that it would get turned on me. Like, okay, if I'm really honest with her, it's going to, it's, always gonna backfire. I'm never gonna be heard. She always is gonna you see, always, never. So, anybody want to guess what I started doing? What? No, I didn't. I stopped. Oh, no, you said I stopped? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I stopped. So, I, I stopped 
being vulnerable. That's exactly what she just said. I, I started holding back part of my heart. And that is a very dangerous place to be. Like, I, I started guarding myself. So integrity says, does anybody, integ, the meaning of integrity is to be complete and be whole. What, where is the integrity in that? If my wife did something that actually upset me or I was frustrated or, and I'm just, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Really? So what I started to realize over time and counseling and a lot of money is that's not real intimacy. And I didn't plan on not having real intimacy with my wife or that wasn't my desire, but it all came from a lie that I projected upon her. Something really subtle, something really simple. And I had to repent from that. And part of that repentance was, guess what? Having that conversation with her. Of like, okay, this is the dynamic. This is what I do. When I go into the cave, men, we all have a cave. This is what I'm doing. I had to show her the cards, which is really difficult. Like, oh my goodness, now you see. But that goes back to intimacy, right? Into me, see. And so repentance is a really big part of this. For some of us, it, it, it means moving in a completely different direction. And that's really painful. If we've been going in one direction in accordance with certain lies in our life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. But that's the power, the supernatural power of repentance. I'm telling you, if any of you, if any of you have ever repented of something and, and turned from it, man, I tell you, when I've done it, there's been like this, I've been going this direction, it's been hard, it's been hard, and then I turn, repent, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like this just this wind. It's like this crazy acceleration, like because I'm partnering with God, I'm moving in the right direction. I'm moving according to his principles. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, that we are to pull down strongholds and cast down anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Cast down anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of thinking. If our behavior is off, if you're, think about this right now. If you're, if you're in a place where your behavior is off, it, it could be that you've got to correct what you believe in order for your behavior to get on. So it's, it's, we always do this like behavior modification, you know, like so in recovery and all that, it's just white knuckle, white knuckle, I'm just going to stay clean. Uh. Well, we got to get to what we actually believe before we get to how we act. So if your behavior's off, it could be looking at what you believe about yourself, what you believe about God, what you believe about others, which starts with embracing his truth and not the lies of the enemy. If the enemy can plant a thought in your mind, he's won more than half the battle. That's why it says take every thought captive. It's, and we know this, but it's all, it's all here. How many of you guys would, would say, I'm constantly aware of my thoughts? Okay. A couple of you guys. Yeah. And, and I've been to places where I, I'm aware. But if you guys are anything like me, I start to feel like a freaking loony tune. Because here's what happens. Is I'm aware of all these thoughts. But what I do most of the time is I bring it aligned with my own rationale. So now all of a sudden I got all these crazy thoughts, but I'm like, well, Torrance, enter into the equation and help these things make sense. And then I just start spinning. Go to bed at 10, up at 1. Can't go back to sleep. 
Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. I'm aware of them. But it's when I stop and say, okay, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Let me get out the word of God. Let me stop and ask Holy Spirit, what is going on? Then all of a sudden, it's crazy how like, oh, those 30 thoughts. All of a sudden, and, and usually 29 or 28 out of the 30 are the most ridiculous, crazy things. He's like, dude, that stuff ain't even going to happen anyways. Why are you even worried about that? I got you. And then the 28 things leave, and then I focus on the two. And so it starts with our thoughts, and it starts with our thinking. The next, number four, renounce. Renounce. Which means to get out of agreement. Renounce. Get out of agreement with the lie. And I think uh, uh, there's, a, there's actually, like, steps we have to take to do this, to get out of agreement with the lie. So renounce means we take a stand to refuse we take a stand to refuse to allow the lies to impact our lives or have any say in them whatsoever. So it's almost like, hey, we've been shaking hands with a lie. Like, you ever seen anybody do that? Like kids, when they do that, they're like shaking hands and all of a sudden they jerk the hand away. You're like, dang, that was like abrupt. That's, that's kind of the abrupt mindset spiritually, emotionally, and, and, and even maybe physically we need to take with some of the lies. And so in my experience, there's actually a physical declaration that we need, we need to make. It's almost like a, hear ye, hear ye. Today I refuse to embrace the lie that I'm a loser because X, Y, and Z. Hear ye, hear ye. Today I refuse to say what, whatever, whatever that is. You know, that, that dead poets, maybe you need a dead poet society moment to stand on top of a desk and declare who you are, and declare your non-agreement with the lies that have been in, in your life, right? I mean, guys, I've done crazier things than to stand on top of something and go, hear ye, hear ye. I've taken baseball bats and hit pillows and got my anger out. Anybody ever do that? Okay, just me. Maybe I'm the only weirdo. Okay. Um, like, but there's something about a physical representation of renouncing a lie. So whatever that is for you. Some people are like, hey, I, I, I'm going to write the lie on a, a piece of toilet paper. I'm going to flush it down the toilet. Some people are like, I'm going to write the lie on a, a balloon, and I'm going to let the balloon go. But there's something about, about marking the day or the time or, or setting a declaration about releasing, renouncing those lies. And so renouncing is a really important part about coming out of agreement with our lies. Here's a great uh, poem um, that I came across just talking about there's cans of success and then there's cannots of failure, okay? If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but you think you can't, it is almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of the world we find Success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battle, battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But sooner or later, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can. So it's, it's always that opposite. It's always the opposite of, of that. And here's a really great way to, to know God's truth. Listen to what the enemy's telling you. The lies of the enemy will inform you of what God's truth is. 
It will inform you of what he really says. Because the enemy is, he's not the nephew, uncle, stepson of lies. He's the, he's the father. <laughs> Think about that. He's the, the origination of lies is the enemy. He's the originator of lies. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the next R-E is resist. Resist. Resist the devil means to draw close to God, for he is the author of truth. So embracing him means we resist the devil. We need something to define the truth, and that's, that's our father. He's not the father of lies. He's the father of truth. We embrace him to reject the father of lies. And, of course, we know that the battlefield is the mind. The word of God is our filter. That's what Paula said. And a couple of you guys, when I asked you what's one of your sources of truth, it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He's going to provide a way out, but we've got to actually take the way out. So he provides a way to his truth, which means, man, there's some old familiar lies that we've just kind of embraced, and it's just been so good to us, and it's just been our way of thinking. He's saying resist that, draw near to him, and he provides a way out, and the way out is his truth. Here's number, number six. Rejoice. Rejoice. And I said this to you guys earlier. Man, if, if I leave you guys with, with one thing, it really is that sense of like, oh, there's no condemnation in him revealing the lies that we believe. Like, man, we get to rejoice that he is that, that he's that good. Like he's that great of a father, that, he will, that he'll, he'll do that for us. And then we rejoice and we celebrate like, hey, the lie is done. Now I'm walking in the truth. I, I think as Christians, we don't do enough celebration. We don't do enough like happiness. It's always like, I'm the worst Christian ever. I'm never going to get there. And, and the father's like, look how far we've come. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to get there. But can we, can we celebrate? Can we have a party? Can we just rejoice in all that you've learned and, and all that you've overcome? Like, look how far we've, we've come. Man, celebrate the baby victories. Celebrate the baby wins. When my son and daughter were walking and learning to walk. When they took the first step, I wasn't like, you stinking loser. Look how far I can walk. I'm 32 years old. I can walk the whole way across the room. You can't walk. No. It was like when they were like, uh, uh, one step. (laughs) Right? Losing our mind. Get the camera out. This is amazing. You took one stinking step. We, we celebrated the whole way when they learned to swim, when they about drowned half the time in the pool. Like, the fact that you jumped in and you weren't scared. Like, man, let, whoo, take the pressure off. We have all, 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 all of eternity with the Father. I'm thinking about this thing way too small. So I think he's just like, will you guys lighten up a little bit? Let's just rejoice. Yeah, we got more lies we got to tackle, but man, you've overcome so much. So rejoicing and celebrating is a huge part. Make a choice to walk in his joy and his truth. 
will do everything, everything to rejoice. The next one is restore. Restore. Isaiah 61 um, talks about who Jesus is as the Messiah and what the calling is on his life and, and modeling for us what the calling is on our life, that we are to open up the blind eyes, that we are to set the prisoners free. So know that when you embrace the truth of your life and reject lies, that you're actually modeling that for other, for other people. And what's going to happen is, going back to that first RE, the recognition when you start recognizing it in your life, you're going to start recognizing it in other people's life. Because here's what I've found is all of a sudden God will align you with people who are embracing the lies you used to believe. And the power of your testimony, it, 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 there's an acceleration on it. Because, and I've told you guys this before, like people who know how to set prisoners free are the people that were once imprisoned. They got the keys. They, they know the way out. They, they got the, 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 the road map of the tunnel, how to dig under, <laughs> right? So they're like, oh, man, this is easy, dude. I already did it. So let me just, and then they're like, oh, I didn't even know you could be free. Like, you mean that's something I've believed the whole time about my mom, that every time I'm around her and why our relationship is so tumultuous is because I believe a lie about who I am. Oh, yeah. And, and. And, and I didn't have this down in my notes, but God just revealed this. There's a special grace and a special mercy that you carry for that person. Because to that person, a lot of other people can maybe point out the lie and God's truth, but they're going to receive it as judgment, and they're going to receive it as condemnation. But because you've walked in their shoes, there's a certain amount of empathy, there's a certain amount of anointing on you to be able to speak to that in a different way. And, ha, it's also connected to your healing. It's also connected to God solidifying your healing and, and what he wants to do through you. So that restoration, that re-restore is another huge piece of what God wants to do when it comes to lies versus truth. The last RE is reflect. Reflect. Um, this is uh, one, I'll be honest, I'm not that good at. So I've started going back to my journals. I've started going back to places that God has, has brought me. And, and this is where I have to practice grace towards myself. Because I'll, I'll come across journals. I'm like, are you stinking kidding me, dude? Really? Six years later, we're still dealing with this? I'm just being honest. And the father will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're looking at this from a whole different facet. Yes, it's part of this, but it's, it's different. And he'll show me like, oh, you've... You've conquered victories on this road. It's just a different part of it. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> but also the reflection is going back and, and, and realizing, like, man, I don't want to fall into those old traps. How, because what's, what will happen is different situations bring up different aspects of old lies. So when you get promoted or God levels you up, the enemy, all he has is lies. So what he, he does like this smoke and mirror. He tries to throw camouflage on it. So it feels different, it looks different, it smells different, sounds different, but it ain't no different. It's, it's the same lie, just from a different angle. And so that reflection, that journaling, that sitting with the Holy Spirit, that, that asking him, Lord, what do you want to say about this situation? Brings about insight and discernment. It also brings about gratitude. We already, we already hit on that. But it's the continued place of reflection that allows us to really realize it's, it's faith 
it's the trust in the Lord that allows us to embrace his truth. Because, guys, if we're honest, there's so many circumstances and situations that we face. It's like, that really seems like truth right now. I just lost my third job. I can't get a job. It, it makes sense. I don't have what it takes. It makes sense I'm not any good based upon our circumstances or our situation. But it takes faith in the Father. It takes faith in who he is. It takes faith based upon what we know in the word of God to say, no, 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 there's a greater truth that I will embrace in this situation, which is all part of the reflection, reflecting upon his word. When we embrace his truth, then we embrace a greater reality. I'm going to show a video here in a, in a minute. Um, but Second Peter 1, 3 through 10, many of you guys have probably heard this scripture, but it's, I'm going to read this. It says, his divine power. There's a, there's a divine power, divine truth that we get as his saints. So God's divine power, his divine truth has given us everything we need. E- not some things, everything we need for a godly life. His truth, which is the opposite of the lies, has already given us everything that we need for this godly life that we're working for. Through our knowledge of him. So that goes back to the word, Right? It will never work. It will never work for me. It will never work for you. If we are trying to refute lies and embrace truth based upon our knowledge of ourself, our rationale, our knowledge of the situation, it's through the knowledge of him who he called us, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. His great and precious promises are his, it's his truth, right? I mean, that's, man, when, when we read this word and we hear the stories and, and, and those things like just go right to our spirit, that, those are the great and precious promises that he has for us. So getting in our word, guys, is not like this religious, I've got to read 15 minutes of Oswald Chambers and then I've got to read my 365 Bible. And after that, I'm, no, it, it's like, it's life. Like we, like, we have to. We would never imagine, like, I'm sending you off to Afghanistan. You have no gun. You have no grenade. You have no tank. You have nothing. God bless your heart. See you in a year. Hope you get to surprise your family. Like, right? So that's, this is fuel for us. It's, it's life. It's his great and precious promises. So that through those great and precious promises, you may participate in the divine nature. There's like this divine plan, divine nature, divine way of doing life that he has for us. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Part of the corruption of this world, part of the evil desires are the lies that we are constantly tempted to embrace. And, and I've told you guys this before, but I don't know about you, but it doesn't, all I have to do is wake up, put my feet on the floor, and the lies come immediately. I call them wolves. They just come for me immediately. Sometimes it's as simple as like, dude, you're not going to get everything done you have to get done today. Subtle. But here's the flip. God, you're right. I'm not going to get everything done. What do you want me to get done? All of a sudden, the enemy's like, oh, man. 
dang. I was going to get him spinning in a world of chaos. He's going to be stressed. He couldn't get everything done. He's going to think he's a loser because he didn't cross everything off his list. Now he's trying to follow the Holy Spirit just to do what the Holy Spirit said. Oh, man. Super subtle, right? So what are those evil desires? And then it goes on to say, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Talked about this faith. It takes faith to embrace God's truth, reject the lies. Add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, which is knowledge of his truth, self-control into self-control because it takes self-control to be disciplined in the word, to be disciplined to reflect, to be disciplined to recognize lies. It takes self-control, the fruit of the spirit, perseverance into perseverance, godliness into godliness, mutual affection into mutual affection, love. I love the bookends. Faith, he starts with faith, ends with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, Okay, it doesn't say, like, if you possess these qualities and tomorrow you arrive and you get them all a hundredfold. It just says increasing measure. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, right? Increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have cleansed been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. So our calling, our calling is to walk in the truth of the Father, to embrace that destiny that we talked about, which starts with thoughts, beliefs, decisions, destiny. Confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bada-bing, bada-bang. Right? Man glorious and it all happens by resisting the lies of the enemy enemy and embracing god's truth we got a video that we're going to show that just shows how closely lies and truth parallel in our lives and i'll come back and close us i am a mistake and i reject the idea that god defines me and loves me i do not find my worth in those words People tell me I am special, but they are wrong. It's a lie. I will be lonely forever and never find true love. They say that Jesus loves us and cares about us. This cannot be true because I am worthless. For so long, I believed in the distort idea that there is a hope and a future for me. Now I look around and it is evident. Jesus is not enough. For so long, I thought true love could be found, but now I realize that no one will ever love me. I used to believe that my life has divine purpose. I soon realized life is empty and meaningless. No one can heal the pain, the broken hearts, and the shattered dreams I have endured. God and his love fails. His love for me never existed. The healing purpose and love in my life I always sought was so far off. I have come to the conclusion that life is meaningless and has no purpose. I refuse to believe that Jesus loves me. That is how I used to live my life. But then Jesus flipped the script. Jesus loves me. I refuse to believe that life is meaningless and has no purpose. I have come to the conclusion that was so far off. The healing purpose and love in my life I always sought existed. His love for me never fails. 
God and his love can heal the pain, the broken hearts, and the shattered dreams I have endured. No one life is emptyless and meaningless. I soon realized my life has divine purpose. I used to believe that no one will ever love me, but now I realize that true love could be found. For so long I thought, Jesus is not enough. Now I look around and it is evident there is a hope in the future. For so long I believed in the distort idea that I am worthless. This cannot be true because Jesus loves us and cares about us. They say that I will be lonely forever and never find true love. They are wrong. It's a lie. People tell me I'm special, but I do not find my worth in those words. God defines me and loves me, and I reject the idea that I am a Father, we, um, tonight, each and every one of us invite you into the scripts of our life. We invite you into each chapter. We invite you into each page, each story that has brought us here. We invite you into the places where it's obvious and those places that are hidden that we don't want you or anyone to go into. Places where lies and, and non-truths and ungodly beliefs have been able to take root or anchor in and have written part of our story and part of our script. And we, we invite you, Holy Spirit, tonight and over the next several weeks to infiltrate, to come in with an eraser, a supernatural eraser, and, and, and write truths upon our heart, write truths upon our stories. And, and I, pray, I pray, Jesus, that you would show up in each and every situation, each and every story, each and every lie, that we would be able to visibly, spiritually, and emotionally see where you were in each story, where you were in each lie, where you were in each attachment, and that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would reinterpret your truth upon circumstances, your truth upon situations, your truth upon the lies of the enemy, and we renounce, we come out of agreement in the name of Jesus Christ. We say no more. We say that the lies of the enemy are powerless over us, that they have no more right into the story, into the future, into the destiny of our lives, that they have no more right to our thoughts, no more right to our beliefs, no more right to our decisions, and no more right to our destiny in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would miraculously, supernaturally speak to people, Father, in dreams, speak to people in conversations, speak through your word, Lord, that you would expose not just recent lies, but old lies that are attached to recent things even now. We pray for a spirit of exposure right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That God, that it would just start to bubble up within people. Lord, I thank you that there is not a spirit of fear, according to your word, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And part of having a sound mind means that, that your truth will be paramount in our lives. Your truth will guide and will direct us. So, Father, we thank you that you have given us your beautiful, beautiful word that pierces, that is sharper than any two-edged sword and that will expose and then will lovingly kind do surgery upon our hearts and our minds and our spirits. 
So, Father, I pray that this would be a community, Lord, that graciously walks with each other through these times of unveiling, through these times of uncovering, through these times of you just exposing things. Lord, I pray that this would continue to be an incredibly safe space for those that you are drawing here, Lord, for those that need healing. Lord, you, you said so many times in your word that you did not come for those who are supposedly well, but that you came for those who knew they needed a doctor, that knew they needed healing, that knew they needed you, Jesus. I thank you that there's such awareness in this house that we need you, that we have to have you. So, Father, I just pray for your gentle, your loving kindness of who you are. You're such a good, good father that you would just walk with us. There would just be such an openness to recognizing, to realizing the lies, to, to resisting them, to renouncing them, to coming out of agreement with them, to rejoicing, Father, when, you, when these victories come, we rejoice, and that there would just be this continued reflection of walking with you and walking with you in your truth. We thank you that you are the way, that you are the truth, and you are the life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.